you know, I have a saying, you know, take a big bite and chew like hell. That's kind of, that's my kind of mentality. If you're not failing, you're not trying hard enough. So you have to have, feel a little bit uncomfortable to, to do great things. Welcome to the Seize the Yay podcast. Busy and happy are not the same thing. We too rarely question what makes the heart sing. We work, then we rest, but rarely we play and often don't realize there's more than one way. So this is a platform to hear and explore the stories of those who found lives they adore. The good, bad and ugly, the best and worst day will bear all the facets of seizing your yay. I'm Sarah Holloway, or Spoonful of Sarah, a lawyer turned fun entrepreneur who swapped the suits and heels to co-found Matcha Maiden and Matcha Milk Bar. Seize the Yay is a series of conversations on finding a life you love and exploring the self-doubt, challenge, joy, and fulfillment along the way. Today's guest is someone who embodies and in fact influenced the development of the Seize the Yay philosophy and who shares my great love for both motivational quotes and beautiful stationery. Joining us from her motherland in Sweden is the incredible Christina Carlson, founder of the much-loved Lux stationery brand Kiki K. From living on soup to fund her very first store, Christina has grown Kiki K to hundreds of stores across six countries with plans for many more ahead. She has also just written her first book, Your Dream Life Starts Here, that I've poured over and will be hosting a Dreaming Masterclass series in Sydney and Melbourne that we'll share details of at the end. So welcome to the show, Christina, and thank you so much for joining us all the way from the motherland in Sweden. Tell us how it is over there at the moment. Yeah, well, first, thank you so much for having me. Super excited to be part of your your podcast. And yes, it's a beautiful day in Sweden. It's um, autumn here now and um, it's so beautiful. And after this, I'm going to go for my morning um, forest walk, which is always where I energize and um, lots of my ideas are actually born. Um, when I'm going for a walk in nature. Oh my gosh, a forest walk. That sounds so exotic. <laughs> it is very uh, exotic, especially <laughs> if you're in the city. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um, I believe Kiki K is in fact your childhood nickname. So were there ever any other contenders for the name of the business or how did you brainstorm that? Uh, there were. Um, I actually cannot rec- recall what they all were, but it was a bit of a process actually because um, – the reason why I want to do um, Kiki K was because I loved the graphics of all the Ks and it felt really me. But I never forget when I decided that and I, I ran it by um, with my Swedish girlfriends and they said, nah, nah, that's not a good name. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like really, uh, you know, really conscious as I was registering. The, I, when I had registered the name and then started to call people and say, well, it's Christina from Kiki K, I felt so silly and I, I no one could ever, you know, they were like, then they had no idea they couldn't <laughs> say it and um and they couldn't spell it and um and it took me a long time to be comfortable with it so um for anyone out there listening and thinking about their business name um, it does regardless how good the name is it does take time to to um to get used to a name and and really know if it's right or, or wrong but i'm very happy it is now i feel like um a lot of people know um, Kiki K, which is which is good. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's a globally recognised brand. It's absolutely incredible what you've achieved. Um, but before we get into that, one of the things that I like to start with, just as a little icebreaker, is to ask everyone what the most down to earth thing is about them. Because I feel like with people like you who are just so incredibly successful, it's so important to remember.
remember that you're just a human after all and um, to be relatable. And is there anything really down to earth and normal that you do that reminds us all that you're a human? <laughs> I think we're all, all normal, but of course we all have different views what normal is. So, um, but um, in terms of something um, very human about me, which but I'm hoping everything that I do is human. But one thing is I'm a, I'm a genuine sharer sharer I don't know if that's the right word but I love sharing so that could be anything in terms of things that I see that I buy for people it could be books like every time I read I always think about people who would benefit from this book and and uh, and then I often buy them and give them as gifts and send them you know when I was traveling before I had Kiki Kaya you know if I was in the US and I saw it great pair of sneakers for my little nieces I, I I bought them and I always wanted to share um uh knowledge but also things and obviously now um uh, creating beautiful products I always love sharing them so I think that's one thing that I'm you know and that's what our purpose at Kiki came really came from so our purpose at Kiki is to empower and inspire people to live their best life and we do that under four words which is dreaming doing, enjoying. And the last one is sharing because I, I really believe that if we all shared, regardless where we are, because even people starting out in life always have someone behind them in terms of someone who has who is about to learn something or someone who's just finishing school or just about to start school or whatever it is, um, I always feel like sharing is, is a beautiful thing to do. So I think that's one thing that I do um, a lot of. And that is such a lovely thing about you and the brand is that you're always sharing your knowledge and the book is just full of pearls of wisdom and you very openly share um, things from along the way. So talking about, you just mentioned life before Kiki K and I can imagine that's probably hard for you now to imagine a time before that, but take us back to the very beginning. So I call this segment a your way to yay. So how did you get to a life now where you yay all day? Like, how did you get there? Were you a curious child? Did you have an awkward teen? teenage phase? Did you always know that you were going to do something like this? Or what was childhood Christina like? Well, first, I um, I grew up on a farm and I had a really privileged childhood in terms of a very normal, lovely family and, uh, you know, grew up in nature and had lovely friends and family around me. But we never travelled um, as a family because my parents were farmers, and you know, farming is is twenty four seven, as 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 we know. Uh, so it was really hard for for us to get away from the farm. So my dreams was uh, as a child was always to to travel the world and actually see what's out there. So that was that was um, one dream. But but I was also super curious about. Um, what the potential was in terms of of what I could do with my life. So, you know, I started really early to work in a really small supermarket. I think I was just only, you know, nine years old or something like that, where I was just helping out the local, the local supermarket and um, and just absolutely loved learning. And that's one thing that, you know, I still love, love doing. And then uh, when I was 13, I started to work um, in a, in a, a local pizza place which was a really popular this is when pizza was becoming popular in Sweden and it was a really lovely place to work in terms of of uh, you know new trend and you know met a lot of amazing people and I worked for a guy that was really inspiring and then I I just 
you know, I just love working and I, I, I loved making money as well because I, I didn't grow up with a lot of money and I realized that, that money would give you opportunities, um, in terms of traveling and, you know, you know, interested in design already back then. So being able to buy beautiful clothes and also things for home, um, you know, that started really early in terms of really interested in, in design objects, etc. So that's kind of how my childhood was. But then when I um, moved to Australia, I, um, I was trying lots of different things and, um, and, but I just wasn't happy what I was doing. And one night, uh, at 3 a.m. in the morning, uh, I, uh, woke up my partner, Paul, I think for the fifth time saying, what am I going to do with my life? And, um, and, um, he was a little bit over, over me asking that a million times a day. So he was, <laughs> he was turning, <laughs> turning the, the, um, the, um, light on. And he said to me, why don't we write down what is important to you? So at 3 a.m., I wrote, which is my, really my first dream list on paper. And um, I, uh, I had on my 3M list that I wanted to drive to work every day and absolutely love what I was doing. That was super important to me. I wanted to have a business on my own, but I had no idea what that meant. Like I had, didn't have a business idea in mind. I wanted to have connection with Sweden. My little brother was sick at the time, so I had to go home a couple of times, um, you know, quite um, urgently. And uh, I thought if I'm going to live um, at that part of the world, I, I wanted to have a connection with Sweden and work with something that made me uh, able to go home uh, in short notice. And then I want to work with Swedish designers. I said, I really love Swedish design and I love anything to, to, to do with that. And I want to work with that. And then I wanted to make $500 a week. And this is <laughs> um, the last bit. And that was the hardest to achieve uh, because, uh, and also the, the $500 was based on, on, you know, paying rent, food, travel home you know once once a year and um, and a few other things but it was kind of that's what I felt like I needed at the time and because of that um I woke up in the morning looking at my list thinking what is my what 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 do I do with this list and uh, because there was a lot of things that you you know was really felt like out of reach um and um so I thought I'm just going to start with one thing and then then I looked at my list and I thought if I'm going to have a have a business, I have to have a beautiful home office, and because I wanted to work, <laughs> inspiring environment, you know, and I love being organized, and I love you know inspiring places uh, gets me inspired. So I thought I'm going to do that, and then I went out to buy some products, and you know, there's so much around, of course, um, today, but back then. Um, Everything in my view was badly designed and it was price driven and um, it was boring in my view. Uh, of course, debatable in, in whoever, whoever was looking at that. But I just <laughs> felt, yeah, I just felt um, uh, that this is, um, you know, not depressing. It's not the right word, but it was just really boring and I got uninspired and then I got super excited and then I just rushed home to Paul and I told him, I know exactly what I'm going to do in my life. I'm going to open beautiful Swedish design stores specializing in stationery around the world in my favorite cities, you know, being Stockholm, London, Copenhagen, Paris, New York, you know, Melbourne, Sydney, Singapore, Hong Kong, whatever. And, <laughs> and uh, he just, he just looked at me and thinking, you are crazy. Paul was working for a big business at the time was who was, you know, which was doing all these things. He was, you know, retailing, wholesaling, global business. And he just said, Hey, look around, you know, my office here, you know, what this is where you're going to have to, employ people you're gonna to have to sign leases you're gonna to have to come up with products hire people whatever and um and um I just got so excited thinking about you know what I could do I had a very big vision from the day one and and that's how I kind of 
how it started and to really for your listeners in terms of how do you get started i actually just started with yellow pages and just looked at s for stationery and i looked i went to see every single person who was manufacturing and just um printing etc to 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 get going and that, that's how i kind of started uh, yeah that's amazing I, I think one of the things that when you hear founders speak about their businesses sort of years down the track they sometimes forget to tell you about the bit where they go from an idea to an actual business and forget to tell you that it was the yellow pages or it was Googling. Like for us, we just Googled how to start a tea business. There was, there's no special way to go from nothing to something. You just, you just have to start. And one of the things you say in the book is big dream, little steps. And I love that that just breaks it all down because it's too overwhelming. If you, tr- if you conceived of Kiki K how it is now and tried to start it, it's so scary. Whereas if you break it down into one thing per day, it's a lot easier. Yeah, absolutely. And I really do think that just start is, um, you know, it's a, it's a whole chapter about that in my book. And I, I really do believe that just start is the most important because, um, you can plan for it and you can think about it. And I just feel like if you just start with one thing, then the momentum will start and, um, it makes, makes, makes it so much easier. So, and you also share some really cool statistics about just writing something down. Like I think you're 42% more likely to achieve written goals over goals that you just have in your brain. So that 3am list idea <laughs> obviously worked well for you. How long was it between that night and then the first store actually opening? Like what was the, the building period. Oh, do you know what? I think it almost took between two and three years, um, which is a long time considering that retail was my focus, but I didn't have any money. So um, that was a big, t- I mean, I couldn't even get a credit card in Australia because I was not a citizen. So it was uh, it was a long process to work out. You know, I, I went to see the banks and of course they didn't want to know about me, uh, <laughs> you know, and starting a new brand, you know, most small businesses fail within the first 12 months. So it was like, I was like against <laughs> against all odds to, to get a loan. Um, so it took me a long time. And, um, and, uh, but I kept, I kept just thinking, you know, that it will happen. I just have to work out how, and it took me a long time to work it out. But uh, having that vision was really important to start with. And also, I think, you know, me con- talking about it, you felt you feel quite silly talking about it. you want to open retail store, but you actually don't know how to do it. Uh, first, I didn't know how to do any of any retail whatsoever, and secondly, I had didn't know how to to how to fund it <laughs> but just keep talking about it and that's one thing that I'm sharing in the book as well to actually share your dreams with others because there are people along the way that have done things that you are about to to do and um, and constantly learning from other people and sharing your dreams is so so powerful and 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 you know it's actually also funny because some people say to me about when I share my dreams people laugh at me and people think that I'm silly and um and that exactly happened to me because one of my friends actually, she said, you, you just, you know, after two years, she said, are you just going to talk about it or are you actually going to do it? And I felt, you know, I felt like, oh, that's kind of, that felt really bad, <laughs> but it really triggered me to keep even harder and actually thinking I'm actually going to show that I'm actually going to do what I'm talking about. But um, it took me a long time, but I think, um, 
you can do things much, much faster these days, considering you can uh, go from start to to implementing things because you can do things online. This didn't actually even exist. It's it's sad to say that I'm that old now. <laughs> it's <laughs> it not. didn't exist online, <laughs> but it just start. You know, it was just starting. So so things are, things are a bit different. But even though um, it's hard, it's hard to start a business and um, and and um, and. And to get to where you want to be it takes time, but it, it's it's just really to to not be having that big vision and do something you love, and you you will definitely get there. And I think one of the coolest things about you is that you started when social media wasn't around, and not that it's easy these days, but there's a lot more platforms, there's a lot more awareness of entrepreneurship, and you did it the old school, legit way. How did you find that the dream sort of had to shift going from one climate to another? Yeah, but you know, in the beginning, it, it's it was even though it's it would have been easier in some ways to have social media and the in, online and stuff. But on the other hand, I didn't have a lot of people that was competing with me in terms of doing exactly the same thing. So, so that was an advantage, and I really believe there's a positive and negative in everything that you do. So, you know, if you, if you start a business today, the 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 positives is that you can do it straight away, and it's really much easier. But on the other hand, you will have a lot of people doing the same thing. So, so. So that was a, an advantage in some way. Um, and, you know, because I was, you know, I was starting really young, you know, I was, I think I was around 25 when I started my first store and there was a lot of interest in, in female, um, young businesswomen at the time. So that was an advantage. And of course, um, um, me wanting to, you know, I was first in, in this category, um, in Australia. There was just no, there was really only, you know, the big department stores and the big box retailers. There wasn't any, any, um, you know, people doing, uh, what I was doing. So it was new and exciting. You know, I won, I won the Lord Mayor's most innovative store. So that was a lot of positive, positive things. Uh, but of course, um, now it's a very different, different way. And I love, I love that, um, you can reach so many people so so my big dream now is to inspire and empower people to uh, live their best life and I have a crazy dream which is really hard to even say because it's so big but I want to I want to inspire 101 million people to write down three dreams and then go and chase them so that would be hard if social media wasn't available because we now sell to 143 <laughs> countries online and um, and we are reaching people um uh, around the globe that you know i i don't know how they how how would i would be able to communicate them without that so so the shift has been an amazing shift and i'm really i'm very grateful um that i have been part of both because i really know that, that i know the difference and also i know how amazing it is now um and i'm incredibly grateful for all our followers around the world that um are supporting us and also are are um joining our um dream movement yeah, I think you've, I mean, you'd be close to inspiring that many people already. <laughs> um, oh, thank you. <laughs> and one of the other really cool things about you is that you started all of this without a university degree. So there are so many of us who start a business in an industry that we're not qualified in and that we have no experience in, but you actually didn't finish uni at all. And it's funny, actually, because I survived university because of Kiki K, <laughs> like all my stationery oh, and all the, my beautiful color coding. I'm totally anally retentive OCD and I love color coding. So um, I, I got through uni because of, of you guys. Um, have you found that that's been a disadvantage or it hasn't made any difference or that you've 
thought about studying or, I mean, I believe that there are increasingly less barriers to having influence and social media has democratized influence and talent. So it's a lot easier to get to just be good at things and, and not need the old school kind of qualifications. But how has that played out for you? Mm, I, you know, it's, um, it's, it's, it's been great for me. Um, and, you know, I have a saying, it's, it's great not knowing what you don't know. Um, for me, that meant that I had this massive vision and a massive dream to open stores around the world. And, but, but not knowing what that meant was a really an advantage for me because I don't know if I could do, do, if I knew it, what, what was ahead of me back then. I don't know if I could, <laughs> I would have done it. So, uh, so, so for me, but I, I'm, I am so, um, not against formal education, of course, because I really believe that is an amazing opportunity for people to do um, and uh, really encourage people to study as much as, as they can, um, depending on what, what, what they want to do. But I, uh, I, I didn't and I've learned, it, um, you know, by doing, which I think is a great way if you, if you are that kind of person. But you, there's also, of course, many ways of, uh, of learning in a, in a, lot of things through education but there's nothing like actually doing it I, I really do believe because I did do a small business course to start with but I was thinking this is just not relevant to what I was sort of what I was doing um, and the, the, the one of them there's two things I wanted to cover one is um, is um, sometimes I find that people that I've met along the way and this is of course just you know not everyone but a couple of people that I've met along the way is that they are they are so educated in their field that they find it hard to move. You know, I met so many people. It's funny that you studied law uh, because I meet so many people in law who do not like what they love because I do workshops, streaming workshops um, now and um, and where I encourage people to really, you know, what would you do if you, wouldn't, if you couldn't fail and if you could do anything in the world, what would you do? And I meet so many people in law who would really – want to do something different so that's kind of funny even if you have done an education you know have a degree it's amazing to have that behind you but you can of course still change but I'm also a long life learner so I read so many books I go and see so many speakers and that's the way I love learning now I just I I find it amazing that you can buy a book for you know 20 30 dollars whatever it is and learn what a person have learned for their lifetime or it could be 20 it could be 50 years whatever it is I just absolutely love that and I I read I don't know how many books a week and I read them at the same time so it's not for everyone but I just absolutely love learning and I always highlight and I always share what I you know a lot of the the things that I read in the books um I then think about oh that's really relevant for our um customers and um I love to you know pass that on and you know doing it the way that I've learned it so so there is so many different ways of 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 learning and um and I don't see me not having a a um degree as um as a disadvantage at all and and if, if people don't have it or if they have it there is so many ways of even learning a new degree in a different way so so um that's my view on 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 study but never stop learning is is there is always something to learn yeah i can you can tell so quickly that you just have such an active brain that's always seeking to understand new things and has such a sense of wonderment at at the world so uh, do you still have the 3 a.m ideas are you still a night owl or what does your day look like do you have structure are you a bit kind of different every day or <laughs> i 
do have a structure, but I do travel a lot. So it doesn't always fall into place because of jet lag and planes and different schedules, etc. But my ideal morning um, starts at 5am. And um, for anyone who's listening, do not be scared of the 5am because a lot of people just think that that's not possible. It doesn't matter what day um, you start the day, as long as you start your day in a beautiful way, uh, whatever time that is. But for me, an ideal day would start at 5am and because I have kids. Um, so I like to have that space for myself. So I call that my holy hour. And my, at my holy hour, I, um, I do three pages uh, of journaling, whatever I have in my head, and they are of things um, that I don't save. I don't save that journal. You know, I do three pages and then I throw them. And this is things to just get things out of my head. It might be a challenge that I'm facing or, a, a you know, a problem or a decision I have to make. Or sometimes it's just something that is bothering me or, uh, you know, uh, something that I really am grappling with, or it could be that I'm just so grateful for just being awake that morning because, you know, not everyone um, uh, are alive. So I'm very, always very grateful to be alive. So I, sometimes I just journal about that. So whatever that is. So that's my first step in the morning. And then I, uh, I also, um, out of that, I, of, I have a, we have a journal, a Kiki K called my life journal, which is just really a plain, um, leather notebook and I um I keep all thoughts and ideas and goals and my life that it's called my life journal because that's really where I keep all my <laughs> things for my life in there and um so I, I do journal in that as well and then I always do some kind of learning so I read maybe a couple of chapters I listen to a podcast or or do an online course whatever whatever it is I always learn something in the morning and then I meditate for 20 minutes so that's kind of my holy hour and then from six to seven I would normally do like if I'm depending on where I am but I will do yoga class or here in Sweden, I I mainly go for walks because I love the Swedish nature. And um, so then by the time I'm, I'm home at seven, I just feel whatever that day is going to give me, I have, um, I'll be uh, I'm able to cope, first of all, but also I've had that time for me so I can give to others. So at seven o'clock, you know, I'm home, the kids are up and it's all about getting, you know, the kids to school and then it's often meetings and, uh, you know, and the day is pretty full. Um, but that's how I kind of, um, start the day. And, um, and it doesn't always happen. So I always stress that because I am so not perfect. And there are days where I don't sleep at all because I'm a very active person in my mind. So I sometimes have nights where I just find it difficult to sleep. And if that's the case, I do not get up at five. So it's really, I'm very flexible with that and, and um, not perfect in any way. <laughs> it's always so nice to know that um, that we're all human and that that perfect balance, it's, it's a journey. I don't Absolutely. think anyone really ever gets there because then what would be left? <laughs> and I'm very similar to you. My brain is very overactive and I sometimes find it really difficult to sleep. But I also find that because I do use my brain um, quite intensely during the day that I need a little bit more sleep than than the average person, unlike when I was a teenager when I didn't need any sleep. Um, how many hours of sleep do you get? Like what's your optimum sleep level? Oh, as much as I possibly can. But, you know, I can survive on six hours, um, but it's not ideal. But um, but there are days where I do only, um, you know, I could go to bed at 11 and still be up at five. But most nights, I'm not a night person. I mean, there are things that I have to go to events and there are, you know, of course, family dinners and things that go late, especially on weekends. But I really am a early, early person to bed. So I... I uh, often, you know, I read for the kids at night and then I often just then uh, read 
after that. So I go to bed really early. So, so, you know, for me, if I can get eight hours, fantastic, but it doesn't always happen. So, so I, I do love a good night's sleep. Like if I have a good night's sleep, I feel I can, can do anything. But if I have a really bad night, it really is challenging for me to to think and um, and operate the way that I want to operate. Yeah, I um, you can definitely tell when I haven't had a good night's sleep. <laughs> so being a mother and speaking and traveling and running the brand um, and having your own personal brand as well, you always have so much on the go. And in terms of fitting that all in, when did you get a PA? Like when did you bring in these time management strategies? And when did you start to build your team out? So who was your first hire, for example? Was it your PA or was it other people in the team? And how did you go about doing that? Well, um, first, I want to start with saying I really believe that us as humans uh, can do anything, but not everything at the same time. So I always want to stress that because a lot of people look at me uh, saying, oh, you can fit so much in. But, you know, when the kids were small, I took a lot of things away, like, into, you know, my kids are seven and 10 now, uh, so it's much easier. But when they were babies, I didn't say yes to any speaking engagements. I mean, very, very few. And um, I, I took a lot of the trouble away. And so, so I think everything has its time. So it's important to, when you look at people, you know, through media or through, through um, you know, a lens that you don't really know it's there are you know we we all have 24 hours and we have to make sure we do the best of those and it's different for everyone's but it's easy to see that um that you know you put people on that they can do anything you know everything at same time so and I don't really believe that's that's the case and it definitely wasn't the case for me but my first hire was actually one of my one of the things that I was really not interested in and not very good at was um bookkeeping and the financial side of the business I'm not I'm not driven by financial measurements I love the products I love the creative I love what we do create for people that makes a difference but I I didn't like you know doing the bookkeeping and stuff and now you know it's funny I spent I don't know it was probably 200 or 300 dollars on a um course uh, to do bookkeeping and when that lady walked out she came to our um little home office and when she walked out I was like $300 I felt was completely wasted if it was 200 or 300 because I had no idea what she just taught me because I was so not interested in it I wish I was buying that dress that I was eyeing on instead of spending it on them on on trying to learn how to do bookkeeping <laughs> but um my first hire was a bookkeeper um in you know back in the early days because I I just it was just not my strength but in terms of PA that took me a long time because I actually love all the duties that a PA do because I I love you know I love time management I love productivity I love I love doing things and because my um my business life is very you know my my dreams are big and it it takes a long time to to do them but so so all the stuff that a PA does is often you know a a, a immediate um uh, satisfaction of ticking things off etc so I it took me a long time to give it away and it was actually really funny because I am friends with Joe Horgan who owns Mecca and um I was out for dinner with her and I was showing her something. Um, I don't know what it was, but it was a long time ago. And um, she said, what is that? And I said, oh, it's the my to-do list. And she looked at me and she said, are you really doing all that stuff? And I said, yeah, I am. Why? And she said, no, no, you need to, you need to hire someone to do those things so you can really focus on your strength. Um, so that's when I, I um, 
uh, hired a PA. And, um, I, and I have had a couple of different PAs, but my dream PA, uh, which I have now, Melissa, um, the, the way I came up with her, and this is, uh, this could be something interesting for our listeners is that I, um, I did a, because I love dreaming, um, obviously part of my book, uh, I did a dream PA document and I sat, I took some time and I sat down and I, I wrote, if I could have my dream PA, who would that person be? What would that person do? What would the attitude be? What would the skills be? All the things that was important, what would they do? Everything in detail. And, um, and I call that my dream PA document. And when I was interviewing, um, my current PA, I, you know, obviously interviewed her as, as, as I normally would. But then when I was thinking this is, this person is really right. Um, what I think she's right. I gave her that and I say, this is what I'm aiming for. And, um, and I know that, and she, Mel has never been a PA. So I said, Hey, I know that this will probably sound um, crazy, uh, to start with, but if this is something you think you can get to, um, then I think we could work really well together. And she, she said, yeah, I can do that. And, um, and uh, that was just a process. And uh, I have to say that, um, that, yeah, and it worked really well. And I really believe, um, and I've shared that with quite a few people, um, over my journey because, uh, I don't think it's, a, it's, it's difficult to be a PA if you are really in tune what that person wants and needs. And by doing this, I really felt like, this is, you know, I'm putting all out there. It doesn't mean that everything has to be achieved straight away because obviously it takes time to kind of get to learn each other, to, to know each other and, and, um, and uh, work together. But if you know what everyone wants, um, then it's so much easier and it's worked really, really well for that. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's so funny that sometimes not having experience can make you a lot more in tune, like you're not coloured by past experience or by how things should be done or what the traditional way is of doing things. I think it's actually a great way to get fresh eyes Absolutely. to really tailor it to what you're after. So I want to move to, you know, your biggest obstacles. Yeah. There's obviously been so much success and so much growth. It can look so glamorous from the outside. But I think what really interests people and what I, I know I love seeing is when people show a bit of vulnerability and a bit of the the behind the scenes kind of nitty gritty of, of running a business and, and just putting yourself out there. So I call this the things that say nay TA. So we've gone from way TA to nay TA. <laughs> and you, you're really, you're the epitome of finding your yay and seizing every opportunity to get there. But have you ever just had days where you just want to pack it all up and get a job and pass the responsibility onto someone else? Or were you just, you're so tired that you can't find any yay in your day? Do you, do you have those days? Absolutely. <laughs> I think we all do. <laughs> I think we all do. And, you know, being a, being a, a bit of an eight type personality in terms of, you know, working lots and loving it. And I, you know, I have a saying, you know, take a big bite and chew like hell. That's kind of, that's my kind of mentality. So of course that is um, also linked to people burning out and, uh, and being close to that. But I absolutely have days like that. I still have those days um, where I just think, I don't know if I can do this anymore because sometimes the smallest little challenge um, because it's all built up. It's never really just the event that's happening now <laughs> that makes, makes every, you know, 
um, make, make people burn out or just have enough. Uh, it's often all built up and then it just gets too much and it could be the smallest little things that triggers it. And I often get the, uh, the question, I never had a burnout and, and I always, um, get asked how I could cope with everything that I did uh, or I do. Um, and I don't know if this is what it is, but I really believe that the journaling that I do in the morning really, really helps me to not burn out because I never really sit with things in my body in terms of I never really I mean of course there are days where I I think about it over and over and and talk about it and complain about it and you know especially you know I I live with my business partner he's also my life partner which makes it even sometimes sometimes better of course because you have that amazing support but also also you live with your work 24 (laughs) 7 so that's you know I know all about that there's a positive and negative (laughs) yes and there is a really positive and negative in everything you do I really believe it's a 50 50 in whatever you do and that's a whole another conversation but I do have those days and in the in the early days I remember thinking I just am so tired and I'm so I just can't go on. I used to take a day off. Sometimes, you know, there had to be a plan in a couple of days. Couldn't just do it when I just felt like it. But um, often I just said, hey, I'm just going to take a day off where I just did absolutely what I felt like. And this is before kids, so it was easier. <laughs> um, and, but I just used to have a day where I just woke up and I could do whatever I wanted. And there was no planning. And I often spend, you know, you know, a lot of writing, journaling, thinking, spending time in nature for me is is absolutely key wherever I am. You know, even if I'm in the city, I would go to a park or a beach or wherever it is um, and writing and thinking and doing things that I love. So sometimes it's just really to just be inspired by, you know, design or, you know, go to a bookshop for, for hours or just read a book, you know, cover to cover in one day, whatever that is, um, you know, for everyone, um, it's helped help me so much but the journaling on daily basis I think really made all the difference because I do really um, deal with things on daily basis in terms of whatever comes to mind I write about it and um, I feel so good and you know because I never really I never censor anything that I write because I know that um, no one's ever going to read it because if I'm in Sweden I'm sitting in front of my fireplace I burn it and or if I'm <laughs> somewhere else I shred it or so it's never a th- I never sense what I well, and I could sometimes it could be about the most simple thing so if someone read that they would think that I'm absolutely mad but because I know that no one's ever going to read it because I never save it um I can read I can write whatever comes to mind and that has been really really helpful for me it sounds like such a liberating um, and almost like a cathartic process. It's like writing a text to someone when you're really angry and they're never sending it, but you've just gotten it out of your system and it can't fester and get worse and build up. It sounds like a great strategy. Yeah. And also with so many beautiful Kiki K books to write in, I mean, like, how could you not be journaling <laughs> yes. all the time? Yeah, that is, that is never my problem. <laughs> I always have too many notebooks. And, you know, it's funny when I'm traveling and I think the, the flight, attendants, flight attendants often laugh at me because I've set up, you know, my, my everything around me to kind of just really write and think and they think I'm a little bit mad sometimes but um, I absolutely love it (laughs) I think we all are a little bit mad and that's that's what makes us great (laughs) yeah I think you need to be mad to do what we do otherwise um, otherwise you just couldn't do it (laughs) (laughs) 
So back to you and Paul, you mentioned in the book that you lived on soup at the beginning and worked day and night shifts um, and then Paul sold his house to fund the launch of the first store. So in that kind of climate, did you ever go through periods of self-doubt? And I think one of my favourite quotes is, doubt kills more dreams than failure ever will. And I I really believe that it's more the negative self-talk in our minds than it is whether or not we could actually do it because I think everyone's capable of more than they know until they try. So I know you talk about dreaming without limitation, but do you ever feel a bit limited sometimes by doubt or fear or do you not not really get that anymore? Yes, of course. I think we all have self-doubt and it's really just how we look at that. Um, and the, the reason why I wrote a book about dreaming is because dreaming is different from goals, for example. So for example, if I was going to set goals for the next, say, 12 months or you know, three years or whatever it is, I often look at, you know, what am I capable of? What, what do I have on? You know, what's my reality? And then the goals are often smaller because you, you know that you can't, in your current situation, you can't do too many things. You can only do so much. So although I love goals, but I love starting with dreaming. And um, I always ask uh, myself, and I, that's, that's why I wrote the book, because I want to encourage 101 million people to do the same, <laughs> to uh, ask themselves some questions. What would you do if you could not fail? And when I ask that, sometimes people say, well, it's good to fail. And I said, of course it is. That's, I'm not talking about not failing, because I think if you're not failing, you're not trying hard enough. But what I'm talking about here is like, if you could do anything without thinking about what your partner thinks, what your you know, parents thinks, what your friend thinks, kids, whatever it is, what would you do? And often that gets you into another headspace in terms of, well, if I could do anything, you know, what would I actually do? Like if you had the money that you needed, if you had the knowledge, the time and the resources, you know, nothing really limiting you, what would you actually do? And it's such a powerful few questions to ponder on and I really encourage people to do that and and do it often because the more you dream the more you think about oh if I could do anything what what would I do you know where would I live and where would I you know would I start my own business or would I change my career or would I actually just go a little bit deeper in the current role that I have or you know would I delegate more whatever it is it's just it's really really powerful I think that takes your self-doubt away because at that stage you don't have any self-doubt because if you could do anything and it's all possible, what would you actually do? And then, of course, um, you would then break that down and decide what you want to do with that. But that is such a good start and really takes the self-doubt away. But I also do believe um, that with self-doubt, it's a really, really good thing because without that, you are actually not going to grow. So you have to have feel a little bit uncomfortable to, to do great things. So, And I do believe regardless of what you're doing in terms of if you're dreaming big or um, uh doing something that you really love, that's going to be uncomfortable because you're going to do things that you might not have done before or really challenge yourself. But staying in your current situation is also very uncomfortable because if you know that there are things that you potentially could do or want to do, then it's also uncomfortable to be in that situation knowing that actually um, life is short and I've got this life now. I could do so much. And I, or, but when I say dream, it doesn't mean that you have to do big things, but just do what you love doing, what your dreams are. Then staying in that situation and actually not doing th- things are uncomfortable as well. So then the way that I look at that is like, I can either be uncomfortable and do whatever I'm doing today and just 
be happy with that. But then that's I'm going to have that discomfort knowing that potentially I could do more. Or for me, that discomfort, I'd rather have that by trying hard. And if that means that I make some silly mistakes and if I do some stupid things and I get criticized for it, whatever that is, I'd rather live with that discomfort than the discomfort thinking that, my life is limited and I could do more. So I think we just have to take those decisions. And I, I do believe when you start dreaming and you realize there are things that you want to do, you could, you could um, live with a little bit of self-doubt and really uh, embrace that uncomfortable. You know, I was talking to you before we started this podcast that me starting in my our own Dream Life podcast has been really challenging for me because it's, you know, it's English is my second language and I'm out of my comfort zone and I'm talking about talking to people who are living extraordinary lives and I feel think, oh, this is really, it's really challenging. But I love, even though it's been uncomfortable, I know that it's been a, uh, as part of my growth, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so to flip that that favorite question of yours, um, if you had all the time and money you needed and you weren't doing what you were doing, what would you be doing? Would you be living the exact life that you are now? Well, I've been dreaming for a long time <laughs> because I'm older. Um, uh, you know, I am 45 now. So I um, have been dreaming for the last 20 years. So I am constantly challenge myself and I'm constantly dreaming. I, I I write down dreams, I reckon almost on a daily basis. I always have ideas and I always ask people what their dreams are uh, and I get inspired by that. So I have, you know, a few hundred dreams that are still dreams that I haven't done anything about. But I love dreaming because I know that that, you know, a dream is a dream. I don't have to do anything about it. But if I put it on paper, then I can choose which ones I decide. And one of my dreams that I live every year is that I always, because I do really think that life is short, even if we do get to live a long life, life is short. And my, I'm aiming to live a healthy, lovely life to 120. So that's, <laughs> that's, a, big, that's a big dream on its own, <laughs> on its own. <laughs> um, especially my age. I think the people who are born now, it potentially could be much easier. But anyway, um, my one of my dreams is to every year live a different year. So it doesn't mean that I'm selling the business or or starting a new business. Everything that I do, I do through my business. I, I find my life is very um, very much in line. My purpose and my values and and my passions is very much in line with what I do every day through Kiki K. So that is not going to change in terms of of uh, you know starting something new. But I love to do something every year that is a bit different. So so um, last year, for example, the last 12 months, I did a year with no alcohol and um, I love wine. And um, I just thought, I'm going to do something different this year. I'm not going to drink. And uh, people just like, that's crazy. You don't drink much anyway. And why would you do that? And, you know, it's very interesting. Uh, it's been a very interesting year because I just finished that year, um, that 12 months. Um, but it's been, uh, I always love to challenge myself thinking, you know, what could I do differently? And the year before that, I did a year coaching with Robin Sharma, who's one of my, um, uh, I love Robin and I love his books and I love everything that he does. So he takes on a small group of people every year to, to coach. So I was part of that group. And so I try to do something every year that is, it's different and it's really challenging in terms of um, not just challenging, but also something that is, will get me growing um, in the direction that I want to do. 
Oh, you are just so inspiring to get out and experience different things. I love that thirst for experience and needing to to understand changing circumstances and what what everything feels like. I think it's really important for people to explore different things because we do get really stuck in the comfort zone and in routine and we miss out on so much of life when you're not constantly exploring yeah and i do think that you know you you you, it's i'm not saying like you know go traveling and leave your family behind i'm not talking about those kind of things i'm talking about things that you could just stretch yourself or challenge yourself or do something you love it could be like a year with just that you draw every day you know it doesn't have to be a big thing but just whatever appeals to you and i often get inspired by reading different books you know one year i I decided to change habits and uh, and so i that year was just full of looking at different habits you know what what can i add and what can i take away I just love exploring and that's dreaming is so much part of that and um, that's a really good way of starting to look at you know what are your dreams and um, that's obviously why I wrote the book and um, and now my dream (laughs) is to inspire 101 million people and um, you know another dream for this year is um, but it's not a time limit for just a year but it's to sell a million copies of my book uh, which is a crazy dream that I actually couldn't say out loud for a long time uh, but I put it as my dreams and uh, and uh, and the reason why I want to sell a million copies is because I came across this this incredible woman called Dr. Tara Trent and she was she's actually Oprah Winfrey's all time. I was going to say, is that, yes. is that Oprah's favorite? Yes, yes, yes. And, um, and I'm not surprised why she is because her story is extraordinary. But um, to make it very, very short, obviously, in my book, I'm sharing her story. But she grew up in Zimbabwe and in a, in a very challenging um environment where you know she was married away as 11 and you know her dreams was you you would think it was not possible because what she was in a very poor environment and no education etc but um she came um across this woman who asked what her dreams were and that's why I connected so well because of course I'm all about dreaming and she it's a long story and you can read it in the book, but uh, eventually she got a PhD and eventually she started schools in back in her hometown um, or her home village in Zimbabwe. And, um, and Oprah gave her $1.5 million to start school. So she now has five schools in Zimbabwe. And I want to sell a million copies because I am giving her a US dollar per copy sold. Um, <gasps> Uh, uh, to support the schools because uh, it all started with dreaming. So it really connects with the book. And of course, um, uh, Kiki K is all about dreaming. And also we, you know, we do stationery, so it's the schools, etc. And I want to give her a, I want to give her a check on $1 million to support oh. that. And it's so uh, amazing to have that because otherwise, you know, if I sell, you know, I want to sell books, of course, because I want to encourage people to dream. But how many I do, it's really up to whoever buys the book. But because of, uh, of this, dream that I have uh, by giving her a, a million um, dollars um, is, uh, is really tied into selling a million copies and by that also empowering and inspiring people to dream. So it's a really beautiful kind of dream to have because it's it's not just benefiting me in terms of, of selling lots of books, but also benefiting everyone who reads it because they will then hopefully you know, write down three dreams and start chasing them and hopefully inspire other people to do the same. And then, of course, then <laughs> until we get her. to 101 million. <laughs> yes, yes. And uh, so it's a really exciting. So it's been a really beautiful thing to write the book, to share, and also then hopefully being able to give a million a million dollars to this incredible woman who is actually uh, will be on my po- my first episode on the podcast, uh, which is called um, 
Dream Life. So if anyone wants to hear her speak, and she's also going to be a part of the masterclasses um, in uh, in Melbourne and Sydney in October, which I encourage everyone to come to because she is an extraordinary woman. And if anyone is starting their dreams, if you hear her story, your dreams, I'm sure, are going to feel a little bit easier to achieve. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I yeah, I read her story in your book and I just you almost feel like self-doubt isn't a thing anymore because you're just so convinced that anyone can do anything she is truly incredible yeah and one of the best things about the book as well is that um your book also comes with a a handbook so that you can be writing along the way and making notes as you're reading there's um, a whole separate book for for scribbling away and and writing things down which is it's so tactile it's really lovely to be able to sort of live your experience thank you so much for mentioning that and it's and you know it's because I read so much and um, I underline the books and I write in the books and and then I thought when I write a book I want to make sure we have a journal to go with it so you actually then can write everything down and you can have one place for everything that's why we did the journal uh, to go with it and um, my dream life journal uh, and everything um, that all the exercises and all the inspiration you get from the book that has a room in the journal so super so thanks for mentioning that because it's a really much very much part of of um, of the book and i will absolutely put in the show notes where you can buy both of those to help get towards the million (laughs) Um, but one of the things (laughs) one of the things i noticed which is actually a big part of this podcast and the seize the a idea is that our identities these days are so wound up in our work and our dream are often so built into our, what our professional goals are. And I find, you know, you introduce yourself to someone and the first question you ask is, what do you do? It's not, who are you or what do you enjoy or what makes you happy? And so mm. I've, I've sort of got after the way TA and, you know, often the way that people find their happiness is in their work. But then there's also this idea that we work and we rest and that's a very linear on and off kind of transaction. But I think we forget to play and to do things that aren't tied up in our professional goals that are just for the sake of enjoyment. And you are such a well-rounded human that you've already mentioned several times things that you do that are just for no reason. Like in amongst all the dreaming, you dream of nature and you dream of other things that aren't for a reason. <laughs> it's funny, we had, uh, when I first met you I think was over fika which is a Swedish tea and cake (laughs) occasion (laughs) and even then you'd already talked about you know your book group and all the things that you do in your life that aren't just for goal you know crushing goals and smashing life so do you do what else do you do that's for play Um, I'm sure having children it's a lot easier to make time for things that aren't work 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 all the time but I've started doing puzzles and board games and I do gardening and I know your son Axel he's on YouTube and he's got photography as his own hobby so what what do you do to play Mm, really good question and it's actually um, really in tie to or tied into what I what I live and breathe every day in terms of of our world, which under our purpose we had the dreaming, and then which is all starting. That's where I think everyone should start dreaming, and then of course the second word we have is uh, uh, under the purpose of Kiki K is do, because um, dreams are only dreams until you start doing and taking action. But then the third word is actually enjoy. So that's that's my my word for play. And um, I really do believe that you can dream really big dreams. You can set super stretchy goals and exciting goals 
but every single day you need to enjoy. And um, that's the third word. And the reason for that is because if you're just focusing on, you know, you know, pushing yourself and stuff that you will, you will get burnt out and you will not find so much joy. So I do think it's really important to do to to play and enjoy things and it's really also gen- regenerating yourself so you can do all the big things and um i love that what well, you know you're you're puzzling and things and of course that comes um a bit naturally uh, with having children but also sometimes really hard because there are um having having children and a business and a crazy life um it's can be even more challenging because you, you sometimes you just have to do the the absolute necessary things and then play and, and enjoy could come a little bit on the sideways so there's of course no no perfect way but I do believe that if you live in your values and uh, you love what you do playing and enjoying is so much easier so one of my values uh, my one of my highest values is we, I talk about how to find out your values in the book but um, if you're not sure but um, one of my highest values is is learning I and reading and I absolutely love that. So I, I do that as a, for me, playtime, enjoying. So I read so many different books and it's all really just biographies or personal development books or business books, things that really, really interest me. And my book group is all about that as well. We don't read, read any fiction. The reason I mentioned that is because then it's really in line. So whatever I do in my play, I can also then really apply to work. So if I read about something that I think you know, our customers would really love, um, then, then I can pass that on. And it's, it's what I love doing, but also it's, it's combined with work. So that's, that really helps when you are uh, lining up your values and your passions, uh, with your work. Um, I think that's really important, but in terms of, of other things that I love is, uh, of course, I've mentioned nature self-care to me is absolutely vital. I think you can do anything if you, if you really look after yourself first, whatever that means to you. And also, um, what I love in terms of, uh, enjoying is travel. So I, even though I had to travel a lot for work, I always make sure that I do things for me. So I still, you know, go and check out a new yoga class wherever I am or or walk to city in the morning when no one else is awake um you know I bring um more often than not I bring a child um and it's often is Axel because he's a bit older and he loves he actually is my little PA when he when we travel so <laughs> he, he he does my social media which is not my strength and <laughs> he makes sure that you know I do insta stories and i do um videos etc and uh, he, uh, <laughs> he's so good at it <laughs> he is he is and he's such a lovely person to travel with and we we, we are so similar in so many ways because we both love photography we love beautiful things and we love exploring and we have a thing where, where he comes with me regardless how many times he's been in that city you always have to ask five questions from a local about the city so finding five new facts and we always find that fascinating we were recently just a few days ago we were in Dubai and um, you know we found so many facts that I would never have done if if he wasn't part uh, of that trip so that was um, so that's part of play as well and um, and uh, just really um, for me food and travel and eating and exercise and self-care all kind of blends in in um, in each other and um, and that's how I kind of um, enjoy my spare time which is also really much part of Kiki K so it's kind of a really lovely combination <laughs> oh yeah it sounds like a, a beautiful package <laughs> so just yes. to finish off but of course um, not not perfect <laughs> always have to make sure that it's not perfect 
So just to finish off, just a couple of quick random questions. If you had $10, what would you buy in the supermarket? Oh, um, what would I buy in the supermarket? I would buy a lemon because I always um, start every single day, wherever I am, I always start with lemon water. So I would buy that. Uh, what else would I buy? I would buy an avocado because I think an avocado is something you can eat any time of the day. It's my favorite food. And what is uh, what are three things about you that don't usually come up in these kind of interviews so that you might not have said before, like any tattoos or do you have any allergies or any phobias or anything just like random quirky stuff about you? Mm. Um, I don't have any tattoos. Um, one is I do, some people know this, but I hate reading manuals. I just can't do it. So, so setting up a new or building a new Ikea <laughs> thing is not for me. Although I, think I'm I was going to say, that's not very Swedish of you. <laughs> I think I'm very hand, a handmaid in a practical way that nothing really faces me. But if I have to read a manual, I just can't do it. I just don't want to do it. And the other one is that I am super competitive when it comes to chess. I take my chess games super seriously. <laughs> I, uh, I do not let my kids win if I can. Of course, they beat me sometimes, uh, but I take it super seriously. And actually, one, one uh, many, many years ago, we were just, you know, 10 or younger. I was playing chess with my girlfriend and uh, we only had two kings left, which is practically impossible to win any of us. And uh, she uh, she said that we have to give up. Now this was really late at night, in the middle of the night, and we've been playing for a long time, both very very headstrong in terms of winning. And she said well, we might as well give up now because no one's going to win. I said, well, if you give up, I win. <laughs> so that was hilarious because she just was so tired. So I didn't give up. So that's one thing. Um, and the other one is that when I eat raw carrots, I get hiccups. Really? That's a great one. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's really funny because um uh, my friend Amanda, um, she when we met, uh, she said that her mom has the same thing. So now when I get a hiccup, so if I eat it very slowly, I don't get it because I eat a lot of raw carrots. So I don't get it all the time. But if I eat it fast, I get it. And every time I do, I always text uh my friend's mother and say, I was thinking about you because I get it. I just have, well, I don't know how you say it in English because it's, she's Swedish. So anyway, so I, uh, yeah, that's three things people may not know about, know about me. Oh, they were great. <laughs> Took me a little while to come and And just one final question because I am a great lover of motivational quotes and I know obviously you are too. Um, and I do a little quote of the day segment on my stories, which I absolutely love. So what is your favorite motivational quote? Oh, that is like naming your favorite child, which is almost impossible to to do. <laughs> but to sum this conversation up, um, I'm going to say two. And it's actually, it's it's probably not quotes, but it's two sentences that I really do believe would make a difference if people are taking them on board. One is, what would you do if you could not fail? Really think hard about that. I love that question. And the other one is what we started with the podcast with, which is just start. So whatever you have, whatever, whoever is listening now, and there is one thing that I really want to do in their life, and it's a massive dream or a massive goal, just start with one thing. It could be about just writing that down, or it could be about 
and you know buy a book in that subject or or um, you know start a new journal about just that dream so um just start i think is a really powerful one okay amazing but i could go on and on <laughs> and you know my book is full of them and um and uh, you know as as we are uh, we sometimes laugh at kiki k because we are filling our whole office full of quotes because we just love it and we get so inspired by it and um and uh, uh, so it's it's really difficult, but those two I think will make a difference in part of this conversation. And um, and obviously we um, there is lots more in my book. Whoever wants to know more of it, especially dreaming quotes, there are lots of them in there. Yes, it is absolutely full of them. I almost wanted to rip all the pages out and just stick them up. You need to make a, a post-it note kind of yeah. book of just quotes from the book. Um, so yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> well, we'll do a little vision. We actually do little vision board um, packs where you can actually buy quotes and just put them up. And also our paper paper lovers books are full of quotes. And uh, of course, we do also quote pure quote books that you can just tear out if you wanted to but I think the most important thing um uh with quotes is to actually see them daily so um put them on a vision board or your wall um and see them and also now we're as part of uh, my book we're also releasing a vision board book and it's basically just a plain uh, a4 book with a little bit of thicker paper so you can actually tear out um quotes uh, or write down things or draw or whatever you want to do, put pictures uh, for your dreams so you can see them every day. And um, and the reason why I did a book, because uh, the vision board, not everyone wants to have a vision board on the, in their room, especially if they're sharing a room or sharing an apartment or or also don't want to share their their dreams. But a vision board book is really good because you can have it with your travel when you travel. So it's another little tip if you are really into quotes and motivation. Amazing. I'll have to get my hands on one. <laughs> Well, yes. <laughs> thank you so you much for joining us today. I'm so grateful for your time, especially joining all the way from Sweden. And I will see you at the Dreaming Masterclass in Melbourne. Thank you so much. And thanks for having me. And thanks for starting this. I think it's amazing uh, what you do in um, in life. And, uh, and you're a true inspiration for so many people who are wanting to live a healthier life and, and go their own way. So you are such an inspiration. So thank you so much for having me on your podcast and um i can't wait to have you on mine oh my gosh <laughs> that is seriously seizing my yay today <laughs> well i can't believe she called me inspiring especially after following kiki k for so many years if you haven't been into one of their beautiful stores there are plenty around the world now so make sure that you do head in to visit and you can now pick up her new book your dream life starts here and the accompanying journal which i would highly recommend for anyone who's starting to Create their dream life for themselves. There's just so many pearls of wisdom in there to soak up. And there's also the Dream Life Masterclass series, which is coming this month in Sydney on the 25th of October and in Melbourne on the 29th of October with dates for London and the USA to be announced soon. So I'll also include the links so you can buy your tickets and stay tuned for her amazing podcast, which is also now live um, and there'll be links to that as well. So I hope you enjoyed today and hope you're seizing your yay. 